I'm CJ Von Essen. I'm Alexa Zamora. And we will be watching every single comedy movie made in the year 2007. Oh seven. Oh seven. Once upon a time, there were two friends who met in college and had a very dumb idea to make a podcast. And then they made that podcast. And then hopefully, um, the country and continent of Australia will come through and make us famous and we will live happily ever after. Thank you. That's my fairy tale. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah, that was so good. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, I thought a fairy tale would be appropriate mm-hmm. considering our movie choice for today. What did we watch, Alexa? We watched a little comedy called Sydney White. Mm-hmm. Sydney White. Dude, when CJ texted me and was like, we should do Sydney White, I was I texted him in all caps. I was like, yes, absolutely, 100% yes. I love Sydney White. It's a great movie. I watched it when I was a kid. I was delighted to watch it again. I love Sydney White. I was fucking thrilled. Jazzed, even. Jazzed? Wow, I didn't know you went that far. Jazzed. Oh, my goodness. Yes. We have a jazzed Alexa in the house, everybody. The jazz hands are going. Oh, no, it's terrifying. <laughs> I have not seen this movie prior to today. And so it's another one of those classic 2007 matchups of Alexa being familiar and CJ going in completely blind. Yes. But I will say I was blind, but not unbiased because I myself, much like what I assume you are, Alexa, am a Bynes fan. Are you a Bynes fan? I like the Amanda girl. Yeah. I, too, am a Vines fan. Mm-hmm. We've probably uh, talked about this when we talk about Hairspray, but I am definitely. a Vines fan. Oh, I yeah. forgot that she was in it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I am a big of the Amanda show, and that kind of has carried carried the fan inside of me throughout. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to be real. Her movies don't really hit that well. Can't believe you'd say that about Amanda. From And this is coming from a place of love. Alexa, a place of love. I can't believe you'd say that about it. From the movies I've seen, which are uh, Hairspray, uh, Sydney White, and Easy A. Easy A being the outsider. Easy A was amazing. Easy A was great. The other two, they weren't... I I wouldn't say they were great. I'm going to be real honest. I can't believe you'd say that. You'd say that about Hairspray? Hairspray? Maybe, maybe specifically like Amanda's character or performance in Hairspray. I can't believe it, this. It's been a while too. I kind of can't remember which 
what like how how well she did in the movie. She was amazing because Amanda Bynes is amazing. I'm yeah. gonna tell Amanda. Dude, don't tell Amanda this. I'm gonna tell Amanda. I no, I'm gonna please. tell her no. that you're a fake Bynes fan. I am certainly not fake. I own the DVD Bynes, to one of the seasons of the Amanda Show. Okay. Okay, I had an episode of the Amanda Show on a video now. So wow. Do you even know what a video now is? Yeah, of course I know what okay, a video Okay, cool, cool. Well, no, because I even talk about pe- talk to people in our age range, and they're like, what is a video now? And I'm like, um, you lived in the early to mid-2000s. Video nows were pioneers of the portable film industry. I'm going to continue on my my attack on onto you, unfortunately. I can't believe this. Because I, I, I've thought about this way too much while watching the movie Sydney White to come to this okay. conclusion that I think Sydney White is extremely average in and that it is a compliment okay listen I'm not gonna say that Sydney White's one of my favorite binds movies that would have to probably be she's the man however I haven't seen that one terrific movie it was a lot more average and mediocre than I remember it to be. I think it's. I think it is average, and and I am saying that as a compliment. In the in the retrospect, that if you look at like the movies we watched in two thousand seven, I feel like there's a a like a A tier and a B tier, right? If you like yeah. the good ones and the bad ones, I think this is the top of you know the second half of the list. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely in the, the middle ground. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say it's like an absolute banger, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it's not also in the realm of like, I don't know, big stan. No, I, it, it 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 has its faults and it has its its advantages. But overall, it, it was just I, I think it was nice. It was it was cute. Yeah, I am a sucker, as you know, for. You know, the little twists on fairy tales, right? Oh, love those. And the, on love all those, those kind of classic stories and retellings. And yes. this movie really put all their eggs in one basket to get that across. And I appreciate that, you know? I liked it. I liked the dedication to I think, the modern fairy tale retelling. I think they went, like, as they, they chalked it full with, like, the little line droppings or the way they shot some of the scenes to make it parallel to Snow White as much as they could. And I respect yes. that. And I think that is what pushes it beyond what, like, Bratz was. Because Bratz and, and Sidney White share a lot of similarities in terms of its plot. Yes. And it's just attempt to be another variant of Mean Girls. Yes. But this Sidney White, Snow White aspect definitely helps get it across higher. I do love, we've definitely talked about this before, but twists on, like, modernizing fairy tales Mm -hmm. or modernizing Shakespeare or something like that. Absolutely love that. I'm such a sucker for that. You and me both. Something like She's the Man. Terrific. It's what introduced me to to Shakespeare's Twelfth Night before I even watched Twelfth Night. I, I I love that. So when I was when I saw that Sydney White was a 2007 movie, I was like, yes, yes, bring it on, <laughs> in it to win it. <laughs> yeah, 
in it to when it is also yeah yeah because the Shakespeare with the with the Romeo and Juliet yeah it's the same category but they kind of they didn't but make they the mark. Just- they just did West Side Story instead. A very loose West Side Story, mind so you. Fucking weird. We can't get back onto the. No, no. This, this, this is about it. Sydney White, folks. Yes. Sydney White is uh a college PG thirteen movie starring Amanda Bynes, where Amanda, as Sydney White, goes to college and lives the fairy tale of Snow White through the collegiate lens. Yes. Trying to pledge herself into her late mother's sorority, her alma mater. Finding out that they're bitches. Getting kicked out, humiliated, and then grouping up with seven outcasts who are the dwarves. And then, you know, the story of Snow White ensues. Yes. I have to ask. Sororities can't possibly be all like that, right? Like, they can't all be that weird. I have to live in a world... They're not all that weird. And I've seen the weirdo videos. And I know that a lot of them are normal. I know that we have friends that are in normal people sororities how and fraternities. However, I have seen some of, like, the TikToks and stuff like that where there's, like, a million sorority girls in a doorway. So <laughs> yeah, like, I know exactly the um, video you were talking about as soon as you I, started talking. I can't, I can't live in a world where that's real. <laughs> I think this movie just ramped up every stereotype, you know? It, it, it's just that Terrified. kind of style terrified they they any every stereotype they could get their you know grubby little mitts on they just raised it to max level yeah with the dwarves with the the different styles of sororities with with everything i liked it though i mean to be honest i kind of these so these movies like this movie and like i don't know Brats. what are some other college no some other college movies uh, that I watched growing up, uh, an extremely goofy movie. <laughs> 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 Truly, no, I'm not even kidding. Movies like this really shaped what I expected college to be. Yeah, marching um, bands practicing in the center. Yeah, of the and school. like a big college town. Everyone's like just big, in generic cliques. Yes, and big sorority and fraternity houses and giant lecture halls. And then I got to real college, and I was like. Mm-hmm. Extremely goofy movie didn't prepare me for this. It it kind of makes me feel a little, I guess, I don't know. Sometimes I get a little jealous that like I didn't go to like a huge college, you know, like a like a Rutgers or something like that. I'm trying to think of things in like the New Jersey area, mm-hmm. but like you know, like a Rutgers or Penn State or like my one friend went to like University of Alabama and stuff like that. And I'm like, I feel like if I like, I feel like. Part of me is kind of sad I didn't go to a college that has, like, a lot of school spirit. But then part of me also knows myself and knows that I would probably not even participate in the school spirity things because I didn't in in our actual college experience. So The grass is always greener on the other side of the campus. It's true. I guess I just kind of want to want to see sorority houses. <laughs> like the big ones in the movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Those seem yeah. exciting to me. They always, cliches and stereotypes as they are, these type of movies really do make the college experience look fun, enamoring, interesting to, you know, the... The middle school, the high school kids that are, yeah. that are watching them. Was, do you think our college experience was good? I think we made the most out of what we had. That's you know, a really great way to put it, To not go into any buddy. personal details <laughs> and stories. That's a good way to put it, my I friend. I definitely think we 
Alexa made the best of what we had. We did. We took, we took what we had <laughs> and we made lemons out of, or we made lemons out of lemonade. We made lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. 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 So. Good. I, I um, this, this whole episode, I feel like, is, is going to be you singing praises and me trying to carefully put like little, not, I wouldn't even say critiques, but just like comments on how eh, this movie is throughout. Listen, you don't have to be careful about it. You can speak your truth. The thing is, I still, I, am, I still like the movie, but I, I, I am going to tell Amanda what you said afterwards. I can't, that's why I have to tiptoe. That's why I have to tiptoe. <laughs> I think the, the most blatant criticism for this movie is, is the same you can give to any type of this movie, where it's just pure stereotypes and cliches. We've said it yes. time and time again. They pound it into you, and that just kind of the, the foundation of what the movie is in itself. Yes. Like, it feels like this is a script that a college freshman wrote. Yep. I mean, pretty impressive for a college freshman, but still, like, you know, like... You got the popular girls and the popular boys and then, like, the nerdy guys who... I can't believe how many references those nerdy dudes made. <laughs> like, they'll spit out. Like, so these these nerdy guys, there's seven of them. Um, I genuinely couldn't tell you all of... Oh, yes, I can. Maybe I could tell you all their names. There's Lenny, and Lenny is supposed to be sneezy. And he's the first nerd that Sydney meets uh, because she, at one of her uh, hazing challenges, is they have to grab a random guy within 15 minutes and bring them to, like, the local diner. And so the only guy that's left in, like, I guess the area is Sneezy, who's Lenny, and he just dove into a bush because he saw a bunch of girls running towards him and he got scared, which honestly, I don't blame him for. If I saw a ton of girls running in my direction and screaming, I think I would dive too. I would Probably be not scared. into the bush, but yeah, definitely not get out of the Not into the way. bush, no. Um, but he's a hypochondriac and he's he has like a ton of allergies. Um, I related, I think, most to Lenny. <laughs> As I, too, am allergic to literally everything. Mm -hmm. um, and so she, there's Lenny who's sneezy. There's, now I'm like, I'm forgetting their names, but there's, you know. We can call them by like, their dwarf, you know, Sona names. Yeah, their dwarf Sona. There's, um, you know, Happy. So Happy is a guy named Spanky. Um, and he's really happy about just trying to get women to have sex yeah, with him but he's a big dork like, and it doesn't work yeah it's like they took happy to mean horny so he's yeah. like the he's like the horny dwarf mm -hmm. um then there's, then grumpy, there's grumpy the incel grumpy the incel whose name is gherkin which is a pickle <laughs> and and it's something a little bit more mischievous as well i do you not know what the other name of gherkin no, is uh no does it mean penis uh, let me let me look it up on Urban Dictionary again real quick. Oh, okay. I didn't know this because I was like, Gherkin sounds familiar, but I don't eat pickles. Hold so, on. like, I didn't know. And I was like, oh, it's a type of pickle. I didn't know there was a nefarious meaning. Oh, yeah. It is just another name for penis. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Thank God. Because so I was like, God, is this something racist or something? 
Then there is Doc, who is just an socially awkward, uh, really intelligent, you know, nerd. Yes. And I remember him. His name is Terrence. And I remember him because the actor that plays him also plays Donatello in the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles um, films. And he's actually very well cast. There's actually two really weird connections to the ninja turtles universe in this movie so city uh this is such a side tangent but i was so (laughs) excited when i saw it that i literally paused the movie and i was like no way um so sydney uh collects and reads comic books like super rare comic books and so she like um she meets her other friend we'll get to her but her name's dinky for some reason um and she's like dinky's like oh we need she's also southern she's like we need to get you into a nice dress for rushing to the sorority and she's like yes um i don't have any and so and dinky's like well what's in that giant suitcase of yours and amanda vines gets all excited and she's like oh you'll never guess what's in here and she opens it up and it's a bunch of rare comic books and at the top she has an a, an usagi yujimbo comic which is like usagi yujimbo is um is a comic about a samurai uh, rabbit and usagi and the ninja turtles have had many many crossovers and he's also been in like some of the animated movies. Also, people ship him with Leonardo, but that's like a whole other thing. <laughs> but I was so excited. I was like, of all the comics, you're going to pull out Usagi Yojimbo? And I was trying to like see if, because like that's such a random comic. To yeah, choose. I didn't even I realize trying. that was a real comic. I thought it was fake. I, yeah, no, it's real. And I was like, is there like a reason why this of all comics is at the top of her comic books i couldn't figure it out however i was extremely excited and i was like two ninja turtles connections in one film for me that was for me oh yeah that was totally. for myself what, what other dwarves are we missing we got happy we got uh, grumpy we got sleazy sleepy. doc there was sleepy now sleepy, sleepy was mbele Mbele, the yes. Nigerian exchange student who, because of jet lag, was always sleeping through the day and being awake during the night. And this has been going on for three years, apparently. Yes. Mbele is also the only non-white actor that has, like, a speaking line. Yeah, I think in this whole movie. In this whole movie. Well, there are, I, I was very, very persistent on watching background characters to see because i was like halfway through the movie i was like wait a minute every single person is just so incredibly like so white white except for mbele and i was watching and he's there are background people that are non-white but he was the only one that actually had lines and in itself because he played sleepy he was sleeping most of the time and so he only had like a handful of lines that being said, he had most of the funny lines in the movie. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Um, yeah, no, I noticed that too. Halfway through, like, as the movie started and kept going, I was like, Mbele is the only non-white character in this entire mm. film. Interesting. Um, so that's Sneeze. Oh, that's uh, Sleepy. Sleepy. Then we get... Also, when they were like, oh, the reason why he's tired, I thought 
I mean, I didn't remember everything about this movie because probably the last time I did watch it, I was probably like 14. Um, but I thought like he had like narcolepsy or something, but they were like, no, he's just had jet lag for three years. And the way that they stop it is they change his clocks. And I'm like, that's not how jet lag works. That's not how jet lag works. I mean, jet lag doesn't last three years to begin with. Yeah. No, I was a little, I was like, why don't you just make it something else? (laughs) Like he has narcolepsy or like he stays up all night and Mm, like parties all, he goes to like, cause at one point, and Bele leaves, like, in the middle of the night. And they're always like, where is he going? Like, where does he always go at this time of night? And I'm like, oh, okay, that's why he's always sleepy. Because he's, like, he, like, goes to, like, a secret club or something every night. Or, like, he's secretly super popular. But because he's only out at night, nobody knows this. And, like, in actuality, like, he's constantly being invited to parties and stuff. Which actually kind of would have been funny. But, like, at during the day, he's constantly sleeping. And, like, he doesn't have a lot of he just kind of like hangs out with his other dorky friends. That would have been better. Day. You're right. Yeah. But they're like, no, he just has three here jet lag. I'm like, weird. After <laughs> sleepy, there is bashful and dopey as the final dwarves. Yes. Bashful is Jeremy. a young Jeremy. That's his name. Um, Jeremy has been going to therapy his entire life. Um, and when he was a kid, they told him to speak through a puppet because he was too shy to speak to others, and he just never got rid of the puppet. And I don't remember what the puppet's name was. Sh- uh, Sh- Schnook? It had some sort of weird made-up name, so I, I don't know. It started with an S. Yeah. And then there's Dopey. S- Dopey! Dopey's name is George. I remember George. Mm-hmm. And George is a little Dopey man. I liked he him. I loved George. He, he was so cute. He was a junior scout. And because yes. he could never get his last badge, and the badge was in knot tying, and then yes, the camera, when it revealed knots. that information, panned down to his shoes, and they were Velcros. Yes. And my man, I, I felt the connection with George there, because I, too, <laughs> have struggled with tying my own shoes. Even to this day? Not to this day, but if you were to watch me, I do do, like, the slow, big bunny ear method. That's oh. that's what I do. But, like, in fifth grade, right? I feel like that's a little late. I was still rocking Velcros. Velcro shoes are kind of cool, dude. Yeah, but only cool if they're not necessity, you know? If they were for fashion. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Especially when you're in fifth grade. Like, children are really mean. Mm -hmm. And, like, even the slightest bit of dissent will cause you to be bullied. That was the least bit of concern in my, my wardrobe in fifth grade, though. I was at that point. I was still walking, rocking the sweatpants and the collared shirts with the collar popped. We've talked Sweat about this. Sweatpants with collared shirts. Yes, the the kind of sweatpants that swished every time your legs brushed against each other. Too. <laughs> it, it was a travesty. It was. It was terrible. Oh God. Oh yeah. I forgot we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's. So I refuse. Funny. I I refuse to wear jeans. You refused to wear jeans up until a few years ago, if I remember no, correctly. No, 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 you... no. There, there are distinct points, and I, I, this has been detailed in my life. It was freshman year that I started wearing jeans of high school. Okay. Because of marching band, we had to wear, like, the same thing, and so I gave them a try, and I'm like, you know what? They're not that bad. But prior to that, I really never wore jeans. And then 
in college, yeah, I had jeans, but I also rocked the cargo shorts. But it wasn't you until... You were the cargo short king, dude. And then there was a definitive point in college where I decided to cut off cargo shorts tur- cold turkey. And I've been sober ever since. But where do you carry all of your things? Uh, men's jeans still are very impressive with their pockets. Sure, but, like, you don't have the variety of pocket that you used to. You are correct. You are correct with huh. that. <laughs> so, anyway. yeah, those are the seven dwarves. <laughs> and then we get uh, Snow White, Sydney White's antagonist and love interest. The antagonist is a Reese Witherspoon knockoff who is named... Don't say that about Sarah Paxton. (laughs) I've never seen her before, I don't think. She was the... Her and Amanda Bynes were, like, uh, along with, like, Hilary Duff, Lindsay Lohan, etc., etc. I have no idea who this girl is. The It Girls of, like, mid-2000s. What else was she in? Aquamarine, baby. Never heard of it. Aquamarine. You've never... Oh, my God. I know it's my my gemstone, my birthstone. Aquamarine is a movie. Do you remember that song, the singer Jojo? She's like, Jojo Siwa. Right now. Yeah. It's the end of you and me. Yes. So it, she's in the movie and she and her other friend, who I'm pretty sure is Emma, the one that's in uh, Watson. American Horror Story now. No, not that one. Thompson. The other one. Ta- nope, not that one either. <laughs> I don't remember. I think I'm pretty sure it's her and it's Jojo and they stumble upon a mermaid named Aquamarine and Aquamarine is Sarah Paxton and Aquamarine it's basically the little mermaid. She has to like fall in love with someone or else she has to go back to the sea. And so they help Aquamarine, but then Aquamarine sacrifices herself for her friends. Of course. Yeah. But then they bring it's okay cuz she has a happy to- ending anyway. But the best part of Aquamarine is that she has she has earrings that are starfish and they speak to her. They give her compliments. That is nice. In this anyway, movie though in particular, to me she was very much a Reese Witherspoon oh, no. knockoff. She was very mean. And her name was Rachel Witchburn. Yes. I'll tell you right at the beginning of the movie like, "Oh, look at that, a little nod to Snow White." And they keep sp- like nod. throwing those, you know, speckled uh, I guess you'd call them Easter eggs, you know, nods to Snow White yeah. throughout the movie, and I like that. It made it, it kind of solidified that they were corny from the get-go, you know? Yes. No, they were very good. Um, so, that's her antagonist, and then the love interest. The love interest. Oh, God, CJ, you want to tell us about the fucking love interest? Mm-hmm. He because is. You ruined him. I forget for his first name because I only remember his last name as Prince. Tyler. Tyler, Tyler Prince. Prince. <laughs> they straight up made his last name Prince. And I, I was sitting here by myself, my lonesome, watching this movie. And all of a sudden, as I'm staring into his dreamy brown eyes, it, it hit me of who Tyler Prince, who this actor reminded me of. And I had to go immediately and tell Alexa, and that changed the whole the whole outlook of this movie. Folks, Tyler Prince, uncanny the resemblance. He looks just like former presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg. I can't believe it. <laughs> the I dude looks straight it. up just like Pete Buttigieg. He looks almost... Almost exactly like Pete Buttigieg. Like, the only difference is, like, Pete Buttigieg has a widow's peak. 
and this dude does it. And once once you, you, you see it, and once it's pointed out to you, you can't unsee it. And so this I whole know, movie, I, I was watching Pete Buttigieg flirt with Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes. <laughs> and you know, the whole time I was looking at him, and I was like, he looks so familiar. And then I tried to look it up. And it was like, oh, well, he's in Mad Men. And I'm like, oh, I'm watching Mad Men right now, but he's not a character I've come across yet because I haven't gotten that far into the series yet. And I'm looking at other things. I'm like, maybe I remember him. And then CJ's like, he's Pete, he looks like Pete Buttigieg. I'm like, oh, my God, this whole time I've been thinking that he looks like Pete Buttigieg and I just didn't even realize it yet. <laughs> it's shocking. It's shocking it's, how much he looks like Pete Buttigieg. I even went as far as like to go on both of their Wikipedias to see if I – could see if they were related somehow, and even typed into Google, does Pete Buttigieg have a actor relative? Who would have thought in a college movie that is just a twist on Snow White that we would get to see Pete Buttigieg flirt Truly? with Amanda Bynes? Truly the greatest twist of them all. It's such a fun sentence to say. I don't. I, to you, perhaps. It brings a smile to my face. I don't. I just can't believe I'm so <laughs> mad. My favorite so scene. Mad. And also the scene I hate the most at the same time. Oh my time, god, I know the scene that you're going to talk about, is, and it physically you? pains me. I'm talking about when the barbershop quartet <gasps> came oh to the library where Amanda Bynes is just working on some homework at a computer. And one by one, they start dropping off roses to her desk and going boom, 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 or whatever they're singing. And this whole time, she's like, guys, you have the wrong person. You have the wrong person. And it's so awkward. And out from behind a bookshelf comes Pete Buttigieg, and he's now singing with the quartet. And it's supposed to be this big, endearing thing. And there's, like, shots of background people smiling and, like, touching their heart, like, aw. And I'm just cringing this entire I physically want to die when I (laughs) listen. I'm sure we've talked about it already, but there's something about somebody singing a cappella that makes me feel physically ill. I get so upset. It's so funny. I feel I cringe so hard and I get embarrassed. And I understand that people like, like, uh, obviously people like acapella and it is impressive like the pentatonics have made their entire career off of acapella that being said every time i hear a pentatonic song i feel like i have to leave i'm like i feel i feel so much cringe really it's just like in general yes. if you hear acapella see i'm fine general acapella if, upsets me. i'm fine with like hearing a song that's acapella or or like pitch perfect where like they're there it's like a performance like you know like almost like yeah. a concert kind of sure that's that's fine by me right when what the line is drawn when it is a group of people <laughs> singing a cappella directed towards one person it's one like person. when people sing happy birthday to you and you're just oh. sitting there like I, should i sing too that's, i don't know like thank you that's the feeling that i get with a cappella <laughs> like so i feel good. like i guess they're like directing it towards me <laughs> That's why I don't like, like, I don't like the Pitch Perfect movies for a few reasons, but one of the largest is that I physically can't handle acapella. Oh my god. And, like, I watch it and I get, like, I'm like, I have to leave. I get, like, I get embarrassed. You should have never told me this information. Oh, dude. 100% you know, so you're going to be getting an acapella troupe at your please, door one day. Please. Oh my god, I'd literally die. I'd you, throw myself like, off my balcony because of You should not have told this information to me. 
God, I have so much. I'm getting anxiety thinking about like, it, barbershop. Do, do you have a per, like a specific me. song? It could be Billy Joel's I, for the longest time. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, for the longest, for the longest time. Oh my God! I can't. I can <laughs> The only thing that I can kind of, I can kind of, um, I can tolerate. I, I can tolerate, like, if you go, like, to Disney and they have, like, the barbershop quartet or, like, I think I can kind of tolerate in the 2011 Muppets movie when they acapella sang Nirvana at one point. I can handle that. But, like, uh, so I love that you hate that acapella. That's me. And it's so funny, CJ. I actually auditioned in high school to be part of the acapella team. Oh, so this is something like, that you formulated just through spite. I don't know. Maybe. Is this, is this... Maybe. Hmm. It could be. Because, so, Glee came out, I think, when I <laughs> just started high school, right? Like, it all it goes back to Glee. Everything me. goes back to Everything Glee. Everything always comes back to Glee. <laughs> so, like, Glee, I think, started, like, right as my freshman year of high school started. Oh, and I remember no. everybody was all about Glee. And then I think because Glee was so popular, they were like, we're going to have an acapella group. Um, and up until this point, uh, I was pretty much riding a high of my young musical theater career and i did not get told no quite often <laughs> so like this is one of my first like big rejections wow. i guess and when i when all of my friends got into i'm not going to say my high school's first name but their the acapella team was called the rock stars and i didn't get into rock stars and maybe that's that's maybe like subconsciously like why i don't like it but yeah, after that, maybe even before that, I don't know. But in recent years, it's only been in like recent years that I've like had a strong aversion to acapella singing. Oh man, there's another universe where you did get into the rock. What was it called? The rock stars. The rock stars. Where you did get into the rock stars, and this <laughs> just like a- fueled the flame for your acapella love. I'm currently- and then you just like you 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 grew like a phoenix in the fire, and you went to college yeah. instead for singing and you just you you the pentatonics they they were great right but alexa zamora fucking rose like a shining (laughs) star through the ashes of this phoenix bird singing without any music accompaniment it's just me i'm the only acapella person you're the one pella (laughs) i'm just there's a universe out there where you you got the golden pipes, girl. Or I absolutely love acapella music. And I love it. And I see the pentatonics in concert all the time. And, and Pitch Perfect is one of my favorite movies. And I love Glee. You get, you get like, really Glee. cheesy tattoos about acapella as well. <laughs> I have a Glee tattoo. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> in this alternate universe, Glee also isn't isn't frowned upon now. Oh, is that like, right? In fact, a terrific. Everyone piece loves of Matthew media. Morrison. Everybody loves Matthew. It's Morrison. hard to think about that. There's a universe out there that people like Matthew Morrison, but there is. I know. There is. I know that Will Schuster isn't a fucking war criminal. <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> God, Sydney I feel physically White. pained. I feel phys- CJ. I can't tell you. Like I feel like there are bugs calling on my skin just <laughs> thinking about somebody coming to my house and singing to me. Oh my god! 
I feel I have so much anxiety right now. Like, oh. you know those singing telegrams? Or, you know that scene in Elf where, like, they think that he's, that Elf is, that Will Ferrell as Buddy the Elf is a singing telegram and he sings to his dad in, like, an, a random, like, improvised song? I don't know what I would do. I would have, I would, I would, <laughs> I would have to impale myself, I think. That's how strongly averted I am. What are you looking up? <laughs> how can you tell? I'm totally not going on Fiverr to see if I can get people to get no, a personal no. acapellogram like video I for you. Physically, oh my god, I'd cur- I'd curl into myself. I don't know, this is definitely being kept in the back of my head. Yeah, like I'm I not going to forget this you. conversation, Alexa. Oh my god, I f- I'm feeling myself like curl into myself. I'm gonna, I, I will do it. I'll be the one to sing to you. I'm gonna make one of those god. classic like 2012 YouTube videos where it's just a one white guy with different colored backgrounds going bum 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 dee bum 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 dee bum dum bum. I think I would actually really enjoy that. <laughs> oh, so when it's when it's me, it's fine. <laughs> You're just saying that because you don't want to give me the satisfaction of having you cringe uncontrollably. I'm doing this only for your disenjoyment. Oh my god, oh god I'm so grossed out right now. I do like I do like that one acoustic video or acoustic acapella video when um the for the uh, the Star Wars episode 7 no that's a lie 9 yes yeah no yeah whatever the new whatever the force awakens was that was 7 i'm a, i'm actually a star wars fan funny enough i can't think of the fucking numbers yeah that's 7 when episode 7 came out like jimmy fallon had the roots and all of the cast of star wars to like sing an a cappella version of of a bunch of like of like a Star Wars medley, and I did like that. There's limits. I can There's see. limits. There's a limit. Would you like to get back to talking about Sydney White? Please, because I feel like I'm gonna explode Go- if I think more about acapella music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, folks, Sydney White, right? What can we say? She- I can't believe. Wait, I'm sorry. So Pete Buttigieg comes in, <laughs> sings a cappella to her, and then is this is th- this is. This I tried is how- to give you an out. I I was about to move on, and you. Just I know. I know. In. I know. But uh, so he comes in and he sings to her, and she's like, "Please stop singing." And he's like, "I'm gonna keep singing unless you say yes to going on a date with me." And so he does, and it's played off as like a cute thing. And I'm like, first of all, like. I know that Sydney actually likes it, and that's the thing is that, like, you know, she just she wants to appear like strong yeah, yeah, with yeah. the other girls because she's got like you know business to do. But like in actuality, she's really enjoying this, and like the movie shows that. But like really, from an outsider's perspective, it, it the girl's under duress. Like it's in a library, like, no less. In a library where this man starts loudly singing. Oh my god! I gotta say, both that- both icky scenes. With Pete Buttigieg happened inside that library at that desk. Hostage, hostage situation. That so is. that's a hostage situation. Like just one, two, skip a few. We'll go straight into this. Everyone knows in Snow White, uh, she falls in that deep slumber, and the only thing that will wake in Snow White is true love's kiss. Right. That said, in the movie Snow White, so there was like reasoning for the prince in Snow White to kiss Snow White. Well, in Sydney White. Sydney is writing a big paper the night of before a big debate for student council presidency elections where she was, you know, running against a uh, knockoff Reese Witherspoon. 
Sarah Paxton. And Reese Witherspoon uh, hired a hacker at the school to uh, give her a virus on her computer, otherwise known (laughs) as poisoning her apple, which I thought that was cute. I liked it. I liked it. I didn't see it coming at all. I couldn't remember the poison apple part. And so in the beginning of the movie, they like made it a point for her going away present from her dad Mm -hmm. to for college was to be an app a mac like an apple mac laptop and i was like this laptop's gotta come back at some point like why aren't we using it and then when they were like put po- the poison apple virus i was like oh that's really cute. yeah i, get I like that payoff and so yeah. it, it the virus deleted her her work for that paper and so sydney decides she's gonna pull an all-nighter in the library work on this paper and she gets it done and she was about to go out to the debate, but she was so tired she fell asleep. So she's in the library, just asleep on her chair, and in comes Pete Buttigieg. And Pete Buttigieg, being the prince he is, tries to wake her up and then just goes in for a kiss and kisses the sleeping Sydney. This is not the fairy tale where it's known that this like true love's first kiss will waken. This is just sexual assault. Yeah, no. Yeah, that was... <sighs> I didn't like that one bit. Because... No, I didn't like that at all. And I was like, because the thing is, if they were already established as dating. So like if my boyfriend woke me up by kissing me, I'd be like, oh, that's. But this was the first kiss. But this was their first kiss. I. I, And that was not cool. This is how this is how I would would have remedied that. Still have the moment that scene, you know, to. Signify Snow White getting the first kiss without it being this creepy. She's sleeping in a chair, right? She's going to wake up. She's going to know that Pete Buttigieg is there. So Pete Buttigieg, you know, nudges her arm, says, hey, wake up. And she does that classic thing where she's like, oh, no, no, five more minutes, right? She's she's sleeping, but she's in that, like, weird stagehand, state, uh, that weird, like, middle ground. And then Sydney yes. White could say, like, if only I had... A kiss to wake me up. If she is the one that instigated it, like in a playful way, and then yeah, or like she was pretending to be asleep exactly. or something. Yeah. But and and she was the one that like instigated, like oh, if only I had a kiss to wake me up, then he could have gone yeah. for the kiss, and boom, it would have been fine. And really, or they could have just established that they like started date. It didn't have to be their first kiss. Like I would have given it a pass if it wasn't. Yeah, their first honestly, kiss that, that works woke too. Her up. You're right. Like if they were like, oh, you know what? Like they made amends, of course, because they got into an argument earlier in the movie. Because that's how all these movies mm-hmm. are. Like they got, you know, they made amends, and then they started seeing each other, and you see them like hanging out, and maybe like you just see them like see them kiss each other's cheek or something like. We could be very PG-13 about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I thought it was very weird. And they had they had a lot of that, like, oh, he's just, like, a, a lot of, like, oh, they're just, like, a they're a charming sexual harasser kind of jokes. And I was like, guys, I know it's 2007, but this isn't fun. Mm-hmm. Like, the one scene where Spanky's, like, ogling girls at the gym, I was like... We get it. That's his <gasps> character trope. And you just cranked it to the max, but at the same time, yikes. No. Like, I literally just had some weirdo follow me at the gym, like, a mere week ago. Yeah. So I was I was watching that, and I was like, none of this is fun for me. There was a lot oh. of, like, you know, 
the 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 turnarounds and the things that would drive the plot within this movie a lot revolved around uh like this the kind of sexual tension in a bad light like rachel uh witchburn had all the seven dwarves naked outside their house at a party oh my god i'm not gonna lie okay as somebody who has been in college and who has been to parties in college is it weird to see a bunch of grown men naked outside Yes. yes. But I don't think laughing and ridiculing them would be my first reaction. Well, you're clearly not one of the, you know, hoity-toity sorority and frat bros. I guess, but like, I don't know. I find that to be such a juvenile it is. reaction. It is. Like, I don't, and truthfully, I don't know how I would react. I'd probably be like, somebody's been drinking too much, or like, what creepazoids better avert my eyes, or something has gone terribly wrong. Can someone please check on these dudes? If I'd known that someone did this, like, against them, and they were the ones mm-hmm. being at fault, I'd feel terrible, and I'd try and help them out. Yeah. It, it, if it like, was just like, uh, very fucked if up. they were the ones, like, the, the boys were the ones who willingly you know instigated it and removed their clothing then i'd think they're douchebags and i would just, yeah i'd be like you know, who are these fucking weirdos exactly i think pointing and laughing and ridiculing people at you're in college you've seen so much worse i once saw a man loudly singing acapella um on a motorized scooter that had so many neon flashing lights on it. And he had neon flashing lights on his helmet, too. I saw this at, like, 8 p.m. And was so shaken that I tripped and hurt my leg so bad that my boyfriend had to carry me to my apartment. Like, I've seen, if I saw those naked men, I'd be like, it can't possibly be any more shocking than the singing scooter man <laughs> it, it it solidifies the idea that i think for a pg-13 movie it feels like a, a more kitty in the way that it's being treated and they just pepper like harsher words to to get the yeah. point across yeah like i don't know i just thought also i just I know it's not it's not real, but I just don't like when people are mean. Yeah, yeah. I just don't like when people are mean. This that's so annoying because it's like Sarah, Sarah Paxson is Rachel. That's like the moment that she like pulls this stunt and and everybody's having a great time with the seven dorks and everybody's like, wow, these dudes are actually really fun. They're weird, but they're really fun and cool. And then she like leads them lures them outside and gets them to take off their clothes and then opens up the blinds so that everybody sees them and then uh she like ropes in fucking pete Buttigieg. she's like this was me and pete Buttigieg's plan the whole time and pete Buttigieg like doesn't help himself at all to try to like refute that and she's like pete Buttigieg said that it should be condemned and he's like yeah i i said it should be condemned but it's just because you know it's it's you know a rundown place i'm like pete all you had to say is like i think it's so unsafe that it could be condemned but like i don't want it to and that's why i'm all for your cause you could talk yourself out of it Pete. yeah the, the, the the plot instigation here was really simple in the in regards of like oh he was on board with the bad girl in the beginning but he kind of was 
not really on board, you know, just factually. And he never said anything about it until the one turning point where it makes him look really bad in this light. Yeah. It's so annoying. It's the communication. I don't like when movies do that. I know. This movie, in terms of its plot and its structure, it's very simple. Yes. It, it is very, very simple. Uh, the the things, I've said it before, that kind of rise this from, you know, Bratz and, and gets it in that, I would say maybe a middle point between Bratz and Mean Girls, because they're all kind of the same shtick, is yeah. the way they handled the Snow White aspect. Yeah, that's I think that's what sets it apart and elevates it from a Bratz. Not up to a Mean Girls standpoint, no. I would say. Um, but definitely it elevates it a bit more as their their effort to um, make it a Snow White adaptation. There was one uh, scene where the seven dwarves, the outcasts, all had these big picket signs. Advocating, <laughs> like, uh, uh, trying to run uh, marketing. For student council. Yeah, for student council. Advertising. Yeah, the big point of this is that um, only the Greek life people run student council so that means that they only care about greek life issues so they really only benefit the sororities and fraternities on campus so every other club or academic or anything gets kind of shoved to the wayside for the purpose of benefiting greek Mm -hmm. life and they wanted to tear down the seven dorks's house which it used to be uh campus overflow and then just kind of turn into a rundown old, essentially a cottage, um, for that these seven dudes who like are awkward or like don't really have a lot of friends, they all just kind of hang out in, um, and they want to uh, tear it down so that they can build some sort of Greek life hub or whatever. So then Sydney White is like, well, you guys should just run for student body president, and then you can take over and just make it like a. Uh, a more equal front for things. Yeah. And, and so in doing so with this scene, they had the picket signs to advertise that they were running. And the way they were holding it over their one shoulder was just like the pickaxes in Snow White. And they were walking in, in unison White. all in a straight line. And as they pass uh, Rachel Witchburn, the person in front goes, hi-ho. And then they keep on walking <laughs> and the sneezy in the back goes, bye-ho. And... That was good. I like that. That was a good. Payoff. I loved that. That's the reason I why this movie exists. It's like it was like someone, you know, was probably like high one day and was like, "What if we had Snow White?" But it was college. And they hear me out. And then mm-hmm. they pitch like that specific scene where, and they're like, "Yo, yeah, let, let's build a movie around this scene or like this moment where they have those little payoffs." <laughs> Those little. I did really like that. I like the hi ho bye ho. I did get very excited in the so the scene where they kind of establish uh, the relationship between Sydney White and Pete Buttigieg. Um, the two of them are like before she goes into like the sorority house. The two of them are like talking and flirting and very obviously like into each other. And then you see a shot of the. Uh, of Rachel, who's supposed to be the witch, like looking out of a window, like through like um, what are they called? The uh, looking glass? Curtains. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, curtains. She's looking like down from up high and like they're shooting it from down below and she's looking like through a window and she like slowly closes the curtains. Like that is almost literally a shot for shot. Like 
scene from Snow White, which is funny because this isn't a Disney movie, but like they ripped off a lot of Disney things, mm-hmm. like the hi ho and everything. Yeah, they even had the I said Looking Glass. The the magic mirror of this movie was just a MySpace page that ranked all the women <laughs> based on their fairest of them all and men. They just never oh, clicked on the men right. part. Yes, the sharks and the yes. sharkettes. Why do we have so many shark related Sharkettes things? is what the sharks and jets should have named themselves in Bring It they to Win should've. It. They should have. In It to Win It. They should have. The Sharkettes. And just knowing that MySpace is another, you know, prevalent factor in, in another 2007 movie brings a cringy smile to my face. I think it's funny, too, because they're like, oh, it's MySpace. It's a MySpace page. But that does not look. That's not a oh, MySpace page not. at all. It's just a random web I've page. never been on MySpace, and I can tell you that that was. No. Oh, really? No. I had a MySpace. I only had a I Facebook. had a MySpace. And it was great. I, I tried to get into my MySpace a couple years ago just for fun, but I I can't, I cannot, I can't even remember what email I used, mm. let alone yeah. the password. So life. that's lost to the ether, I suppose. And the thing is about MySpace is that nobody ever had their names because you could change your, your, your display names. So people were like, XO, XO, scene queen, XXX, 333, uh, and all the letters were words, were like uppercase and lowercase, and they were all like numerical. So God only knows when my screen name was. Oh yeah, was. it's gone in the ether. It's, it's gone into the ether. May it rest in peace. Um, but yeah, no, that didn't look like a face on my space. My space? My's book. Oh, I'm going nuts. My You're face. You're good. So, Page. The, the ending of this movie was sped along pretty significantly. Yeah. Basically, what happens is, originally, the character who is Doc, who is Terry, that was his name? Terry or Terrence? Terrence he was going to be president, because he was really smart and brilliant. Turns out, he graduated, like four years ago and he was just six years yeah, ago six years ago and he was just staying there because he want he had more to learn right okay but my thing is is that obvious like he had to be enrolled in classes to keep going to class i don't know about that and if you're i l- listen think about our school if we rolled up and we just sat in classes with professors we already knew they wouldn't say I was anything thinking that i i don't want to say his name because i don't want to like you know say a random student's name but we did have yeah. a verb oh yeah about and named after a student who did it who basically did it first but basically taking a class and doing all of the work and showing up every week and turning in papers without ever registering i wholeheartedly believe a person could get the same experience as a college student by just showing up to classes where they just know the up. teachers. Right? I, I believe it. I mean, I wish college was still happening so we could still do that. Because mm-hmm. you know that you and I could. Just get the Zoom just, codes like, walked now. In. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, dude, if we could infiltrate a Zoom. You don't put your video on and you just make your name something generic. If we still knew people we do. in those classes. Do yeah, we? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, dude, I think we might have to pull a prank. Um, so, but the ending of the movie, instead of Terry, Doc, now running for president, Sydney White has decided she's going to step up to the plate. And they have ramped it up tenfold in terms of marketing and advertising, where they have videos playing even on the treadmills that all have screens on them. 
It's playing on all the really laptops like without headphones to on. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're plastered on all, every telephone pole. And they make their way to branch out to the other 80% of the school population that's not in Greek life. And, of course, everyone yes. else in, you know, Bratz, Mean Girls, High School Musical-esque way are all just separated in other cliques. And so they go mm-hmm. out to the cliques and communicate to them. They go to the Hawaii uh, Cultural Club. Like the, po- the po- yeah, Polynesian. The, the Polynesian. It was Polynesian, you're right. Cultural Club. They go to uh, the, the Jewish Heritage Club. Yeah, the Jewish Heritage they Club. They go to uh, the military ROTC. Yeah, the ROTC. Uh, and uh, and the marching the band. band kids, and they got the And then they go to the LGBT. And the, L- and the LGBT yes, alliance. Where I think we're going to see our only bit of, you know, trans representation in this whole okay. year, probably. It's our only trans representation. So they have this montage of all of them, like, attending different clubs and basically befriending all of these people yeah. who I wouldn't say are outcasts, but they're not. They're in their other cliques. So they Greek. have, yeah. So they have their other cliques, and they have less funding because of Greek life. Um, and they go to this uh, this play put on by you know the LGBT Alliance, and it's um, it's like whatever. This trans woman comes out, and she goes. You know, this is like a twelve-part poetry, and like she, I guess, in the it's a montage, so you don't actually see her performance, but you see like the the seven dorks and um and Sydney White like giving her a standing ovation, and she seems so touched. And at the end, you see her hanging out with everybody, and I was like, this is finally we have some like po- for two thousand seven some pretty positive representation where they don't make fun of her. They don't make any mean jokes, and I was like, "This is great." I was, I, I was, feel good about. I this. was uh, delightfully surprised, pleasantly yes. surprised. Then I happened to look into the credits, oh. and they call her character Danny the Tranny. Oh and no! And I was like, "You, you got so far, oh. and you did not have to say anything else, and yet." At the, at the end, hurts. at the swan song of this film, you just put, you just give the character a transphobic name. That hurts. Yeah. I was so mad, CJ. I was like, I was about, I was about to praise you. And yet, and now, I know it was 2007. I'll tell you what, Alexa. But. During, oh. during the debate between Rachel and Sydney. When they had the moment where Sydney confesses that she's a dork and she's proud, and then Prince Buttigieg also stands up and says how he's a dork because he has Gherkin yeah. video games high score, right? And everyone yeah. else in the crowd are doing the same. I I was expecting uh, this trans woman to come up and say something, and I was kind of like, like you know, yeah, anticipating like something cheater. bad to come out, thing. and yep. it never happened. And so I was like, oh, okay. Yep. But now that you told me the end credits, that's unfortunate. I was so mad. I was so mad. And I, I don't know if, like, you could just chalk it up to being like, ah, it's 2007. Like, they didn't really know better. But, like, you should know better. It was only 14 years ago. 14. Ugh. But aside from that, I don't know. I thought the montage was very heartwarming. It was nice. It, it was very, like, you know, sped along. It wasn't mean, no. really. I don't think it was none mean. None of it. They none weren't... of it was, was in bad taste. 
No, they weren't making fun of the trans girl. They weren't making fun of the Jewish men. They weren't making fun of the Polynesian team. Uh, Polynesian. I almost said Polynesian team. The Polynesian club. Like they weren't making fun of anybody or being mean or making them out to be like you know ugly stereotypes. It was just everybody having a good time together, and I was like, that's very nice. And it wraps up in a you know classically nice little bow with the, the debate. Everyone from the sorority has shown up and given Rachel praise, and it seems like she's the one that's going to be the clear victory here. But then, out from the library doors, burst out the the goth woman, who was the also the goth woman from bring, In It to Win It. From Bring yeah, It sorry, On, bring yeah. It to, yes. Bring It to Win yeah, It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the name is so hard to say <laughs> quickly. And out, uh, a bursting crowd of, of marching band members, Polynesians, the Jewish Heritage Club... Uh, uh, everyone is just pouring through in support. They all are happy. Sydney White gets elected to be student council president. And then Wee. the Kappa sorority turns on Rachel Witchburn. They gave her the same spiel she had for the one, you know, uh, stereotypically like overweight woman that was in the sorority oh God, who wasn't yeah, even overweight. So mean to her. No so mean and and she gets kicked out rachel is now out and removed from the sorority and everything seems nice wrapped up in a tie as we get another little nice scene where all the different people all the different retrospects of the school help uh refurnish and rebuild the vortex house yes and it's it's and it's very nice and then it turns out that the experiments that terrence has been doing the that doc has been doing the entire time um, was actually an algorithm to predict um, outcomes of things anywhere between, I don't know, something molecular and scientific, or sports scores. So he sold it to a betting website for $10 million. So now Terrence is doing pretty <laughs> Of course. <laughs> so, you know, Terrence is doing yeah. pretty good. <laughs> and, and there you go. That's, that's the movie. I Everyone gets a nice picture and it gets put in the keepsake with... Her mom's late possessions. Yes. And everything's nice and dandy. Yeah. And then uh, everybody gets a girlfriend. <laughs> everybody gets, even even Horny Happy gets to try and take his chances Horny for Happy takes his chances with another girl, who was also uh, the girl in the car that Horny Happy is talking to, um, that like, I don't know, flirts with him and is like, can you come show me around campus? Um, she was also one of the she was also in bring it on and she was one of the yeah she remember when i said that the flamingos in bring it on were like an actual local gymnastics team or whatever cheerleading Mm -hmm. team excuse me she was that she was one of them because she lived in florida and this movie was filmed in orlando funny enough in uh university of central florida amongst other things but mostly ucf um so she was also in it and then so horny happy gets a girlfriend um grumpy gets a girl gets a girlfriend because the goth girl absolutely loves his website called the peoplespunisher.com which by the way i went on i tried to go on the peoplespunisher.com it redirects you to a honda dealership <laughs> website so i don't really know <laughs> oh my god you could have never had me guess the right answer to where that redirect that's so fucking good 
You would have <laughs> never even thought, dude. I love, so I I was love like, when the universe just fucking works, man. I know. The stars collide. I was like, what could the people's punisher? And at first I found, because I just happened to Google it, and I saw that somebody tried to make like a blog in 2008, kind of to look like what a people's <sighs> punisher blog would look like. But then I was like, oh, why don't we type in peoplespunisher.com? Ah, it redirects to a Honda site. That's... Actually, now it says a security threat has been detected. You got a poison apple on your phone now. I do. Oh, that's so good, though. That's so You're funny. Taking you to a Honda guess. dealership. Honda dealership. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, so yeah, he gets a he gets a a, a GF, and then Lenny, uh, Sneezy, finds love in. Amanda Bynes, or in Sydney White's old roommate, Dinky. Um, Dinky's real name is Demetria, but they call her Dinky for short. I don't, I don't, got it, buddy. Why would you call her Dinky? At first, I thought she was going to be the dopey character called Dinky. I thought so, too. I thought so, too, because that would make sense. But no, they just call her Dinky for, and listen. As a Greek person, not a sorority, like a, a like a culturally Greek person, Demetria is a very common female name. I have never met a Dinky in my entire Maybe life. Maybe it's a Texas thing. I don't know. Maybe. So Dinky is uh, Sydney's former roommate. She's also a legacy. So Sydney is a legacy uh, pledge because her mother used to be a Kappa, but Dinky's mother also used to be a Kappa, so she's also a legacy pledge. So her and Dinky become very close, and Dinky's a very sweet girl, um, but she gets into the sorority, and Sydney doesn't. But the two of them, they don't really have a lot of bad blood. They're like, yeah, I understand why you went with the Kappas and you didn't, and it's whatever. Then Dinky falls in love with Lenny, and they bond over their shared gluten allergy mm-hmm. and love of gluten-free soy burgers. doesn't that bring two lovebirds together than not being able to digest bread <laughs> nothing brings you together a, a more as old as time honestly so her and lenny get together i'm not gonna lie you can lie if you I want thought lenny i don't want to right, know because lenny i thought was really good in this movie i thought he was very cute and i thought he was very handsome and i was like lenny definitely had to have done some other things and really he has he reminds me he's only done a few more things of i can't remember his name but the main boy from zoe 101 oh chase yeah wasn't it chase is it chase it might be chase it is Chase. Yeah. He did remind me. You know what? He reminded me of a combination of Chase from Zoe 101 and Bernard from the Santa Claus. You're right. Two yeah. men I had very big crushes on. <laughs> so I think like like he really gave me that vibe. And I was like, I'm kind of sad that Lenny like didn't really do much after this. Like he was, I think this was his first movie. And then he did like a couple more movies after that. And then he just retired. And I was like, Lenny. Sometimes that's just how it be. Sometimes it be like that. Anyway, everybody else. And then I don't think anybody... Did anybody else get nope. girlfriends? Nope. Abele, of course, not. didn't... Nothing happened to him. Yeah, what the fuck? So because fucking... Because... Well, like, I mean, why would he? He's not white. I guess so. That's what happens in this movie, clearly. And, and, and Abele... And listen, Abele was so very handsome. 
And really, he didn't have any weird traits aside from he had weird jet lag. He was like, always so men, happy and like he, whenever he was, he was laughing, he would mood. grab one of the dwarves and just like shake him too. And I loved that. And he always ha- he had the he had some of the best jokes in the movie. Like I think Embele is a catch, and I think that the movie did him. Dirty. I agree. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. He deserved a and GF dope, or Dopey BF, doesn't get any love it. interest. Instead, Dopey finally learns how to tie a knot. And that was enough yes. of an arc for Dopey. And that's enough for mm-hmm. him. I I know he's a grown-ass man. I know that Dopey's a grown-ass man. But he is too <laughs> childlike to yes, have a GF. I understand I'm that. sorry. No, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. They portray him to have uh, the the capabilities of an eight-year-old boy, mm-hmm. and if I saw that man kissing a woman, I would, I would be very. During, upset. <laughs> there was one scene where he couldn't open a peanut butter jar, and then Sydney White was able to open it for him. And then I watched as like off to the side, but still very much in shot. He would just take his like little fingers and stick them around the edges, dip them in, and then like smear it on like a marshmallow. Yeah, and then at one point he was having trouble d- eating the peanut butter like a yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't tell me that man's that man's that man's gonna get a lady anytime soon. And you know what? That's okay. I didn't. He was too. Ch- he had. He was filled with too much childlike wonder. Alexa. Yes. I I I, I think it's time. What is it time for, CJ? Some one star Amazon reviews. Whoa. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. This one comes from 2013 from uh, someone called the Rockman. Rockman. Gave it a like the rock. Gave it a one star review titled "I knew Amanda Bynes was crazy when I saw this movie." Here's the review: <laughs> The amount of makeup poor Amanda Bynes slathered on for her role as Sydney White was the canary in the coal mine for her career. Bless her heart. This movie was sugary sweet and predictable. The message of a plain Jane type turned belle of the ball didn't deliver due to bad title character casting, and the makeup application via spatula didn't help either. When was this review written? 2013. Okay, I have to say, that was kind of the look in 2007, was the, you know, the lilac eye shadow, or lavender eye shadow. It was, you know, I was, I did notice, I was like, wow, it's like a lot. I didn't notice at all. I was like, I was like that, it is, that that was the fashion back in 2007. I think it was funny, there was one scene when she like, she literally spent her, a lot of time getting soaking wet in a, in the rain. And then you see her in the next scene and she's like all dry in her PJs, but she still has a full face of makeup on. To the point of, like, recently applied lip gloss. And she's like, all right, guys, gonna go to bed. I'm like, not in that lip gloss. You're not, Amanda. No, you're not. I have one more review. Okay. This one is from 2008. And is from C. McDonald. Titled, Future Academy Uh, Award Winner Letdown. Here's the type. Oh, this is a two-star review, mind you. Not a one-star. Oh. Here's the review. Wow. Very generous of the cousin of Ronald McDonald. Presently mired in infantile dreck like Sidney White, the hugely talented Amanda Bynes must be counting down the days to 2011, when she will receive her first of two Oscars for Best Actress. 
gazing in my crystal ball here, I see that in 2010, Amanda will have a small role in a Woody Allen film that consists of little more than Woody's inane musings. Her role, however, however minuscule, prompts studios other than Disney to start taking her seriously, and she is offered a lead role opposite Jude Law in a gripping, heart-wrenching drama. The following February, she is standing on stage at the Kodak Theater, having beat out Kira Knightley, Kate Blanchett, Judy Dench, and Mary-Kate Olsen. Don't ask. Until that glorious day, however, we are forced to watch our favorite actress attempting to slog through the poorly written, cliche-laden nonsense like Sidney White. Although our Amanda gives it her usual 110%, the premise and script are so poor she might as well not have bothered. Seeing her in this film is like watching somebody attempt to go off-roading in a Rolls, in a Rolls Royce. A horrible... Jaw-clenching waste. So in short, if you're an Amanda fan, skip this one. If you're Amanda, when Woody calls, pick up the phone on the first ring. There's so much to unpack. I don't... Where where to begin? (laughs) The fact... First of all, the fact that we have a psychic on our show... uh, Looking into their crystal ball... Can you call someone a psychic if they weren't right? A sp- this person thought they were so right that they had specific years. The confidence. Actors, months. I, the people that Amanda Bynes would be up against for her Oscar, including Mary Kate Olsen, which this person says, don't ask, which means that if they had some sort of crystal ball prediction about Mary Kate Olsen that they were very upset about. Uh, and then the fact that they're like, oh, when when Woody Allen comes a calling, uh, uh, Woody Allen of all people. Considering that poor Amanda Bynes has been through so much to the point that she has claimed that she's been sexually assaulted. And you're going to just be like, what about Woody Allen? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Opposite Jude Law. I just have a lot of I would I really need to pick C McDonald's brain. I need to ask them what other predictions they have that they need to get. I've wrong. attempted to go onto their uh Amazon account to see uh if they had any more views. They had a one star review for Inside Amy Schumer season four. But it, the <laughs> review itself is nothing too too good to read out loud. Oh my god. Uh they are uh, titled that they live somewhere over the rainbow USA. Oh uh, yeah, you live somewhere, and that's all I can I can gander about C McDonald. Could you imagine you like go into their purchase history and it's like Inside Amy Schumer season four, Sydney White, Crystal Ball. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. So now it makes yeah. me want to look up too. You know what? I'm gonna keep on doing my research. Now I need to go to Amanda. McDonald? No, 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 no. Amanda Bynes. The last movie Amanda Bynes was, did was Easy A. Was it Easy A? Yeah, and then she retired. And what year was Easy A? Twenty ten. You're right. Twenty ten. So twenty eleven. I'm sorry, you missed it, C. McDonald. 
Yeah. When she, when he was like in 20, so she's going to get uh whatever her Oscar in 2011. When he was like, oh, in like 2009 or 2000, when they were like, oh, in 2009, 2010, I was like, maybe they're going to talk about EZA. And I was, I was weirdly on board for this psychic prediction. And I was, even though I know that it didn't come true, I was like, let's see where this goes. And then they were like, it's a Woody Allen film. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh my! God, so I just pulled my headset out. Uh, he he missed the mark too on the women that were nominated for best actress in 2011 Oscars. Oh please! Uh, actually, I think he got maybe one right. Let me look back at the review. He had Kate Blanchett, Judy Dench, Mary Kate Olsen. I don't remember if there were any others. Kira Knightley. He also said. So Kira actually, Knightley. he missed completely. The oh. women that were nominated were <laughs> Annette Bening, Natalie Portman, who won, Jennifer Lawrence, Michelle Williams, and Nicole Kidman. Oh, so not he close completely at all. missed the mark. This person, C. C. McDonald, is not a psychic. C. McDonald, just someone that is very has... overly confident. Just somewhat. I wish I had the confidence <laughs> of C. McDonald. I wish they tra- making I, predictions about I celebrities. I really wish they reviewed more movies and had the same confident predictions with oh. every movie oh. oh yeah i wish that they that they they reviewed inside amy schumer season four and they were like this is the worst season for in for amy schumer so far however i do predict that in the year 2018 amy schumer is gonna get a call from none other than the dead corpse of walt disney pick up that phone on the amy. first ring on the first ring. What on earth? That has been Amazon on one star and a two star reviews. I, 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 how did you find that? I don't know. As soon as I saw it, I, I truly, knew, I knew. And I screenshot and I truly mm, just don't delicious. know what, what to say. I don't know what to say. I love the people that review movies on Amazon. I do too. I think that it's a that it's an art that truly grows. <laughs> yes. My respect truly <laughs> grows with every episode. I What do you got for I us, Alexa? Don't. I'm looking at looking at my looking at my notes. Um there's one line that the professor said that I thought was very funny, um, where he said, we live in a country that's considered to be the ultimate lo- model of government. <laughs> and I okay. was like, cons- considered by yeah. who? <laughs> Aside from ourselves, considered by mm-hmm. who? I thought it was so funny. He said that with his whole chest. And uh, CJ, I thought it was so funny that I rewound it to make sure that I got the exact <laughs> quote. <laughs> Because I was so floored. Um, I said that Rachel's probably going to be, is just like a Trump head in the making, you know? Because she wants to be a senator. She loves oligarchies. She believes, yeah, that like people want an oligarchy. And and, uh, Sidney White is like, "Um, no, they don't. (laughs) Yeah. And the professor is like, great answer, Sidney. And I'm like, yeah. I love that they used that same professor. For any adult academic position within this university. Oh my god, I know. He was the one professor we saw in class. He was the one that we saw working at the food shelter. 
food food, food bank. bank or not yeah and he was the one uh moderator for the debate for student council it was just like we only have the budget for one adult oh my here. god yeah he was i'm not gonna lie i guess i don't know i guess this makes me more of a kappa than a sydney what than a vortex but like if this guy that I really liked is like, hey, I'm going to take you out on a date. And I'm like, it's not a date. Giggle, giggle, wink. And I'm like, it's not a date. We're just friends. And he's like, okay, I'm going to bring you to a homeless shelter to work. I'd be like. It oh. was a, it was an unorthodox okay. pick of a, of a date, I'd definitely say. It's not even. It's Obviously, it's not even the feeding the homeless part. It's the. Look at me. I'm a good you're person. You're going to work. And you're going to work. You're going to work on our date? Whole, I wasn't prepared. I, to me, it was just like a him very not coyly showing that he's a good guy. I know. And I'm like, you're trying too hard, mm-hmm. Pete. It's not working. I did love um, I did love all of the, the mid-2000s fashion. Like, in that scene, Amanda Bynes is wearing the double tank top look. Oh my god! I had the double tank top with the short sleeve shrug. Oh my god! I was like, yes, I ha- I. Why did we do that? Why did we wear two tank tops at a time? <laughs> why did we do the, that? The more they clothing, used, the more fashion there is. Honestly, they used to sell tank tops that looked like there was another oh, tank I, top. It was a for men's fashion. I top. hated the shirts that were short sleeve but had long sleeve like only sewn in. What was that? What was that? What was that? In the short sleeve shrug, I definitely had the same thing. And also, I I thought it was very cute that all of the guys are, like, helping her get ready for this date and being like, all of your clothes are so ugly. We're going to help you get yeah. dressed. And then they're being, like, super protective of her and, like, to this guy and being like, you know, I can, re- I can if you hurt her, I can register her you as a sex offender in all 50 states and Canada. Like, I thought that was very yeah. sweet. But it was very funny that they were like, yep, this is the outfit. And I they're like, you're waiting for the reveal of, like, this super cute hot outfit. And she walks <laughs> out in a denim miniskirt and the double tank top. And I'm like, yes. That was, we made so many bad You can tell that it was seven in men that fashion. decided. In fashion. But no, you can't because CJ, we all wore that. We all thought that was so fucking cute and hot in 2007. Okay, right. and, the, and the halter dresses with the prints and the terrible, like the, the very, um, the very stiff fabrics. Why did we wear any of it? None of that was cute. I went to the mall the other day and I started, now I, I, I got so upset because I'm like, I have now reached the point where all of the trends are coming back from a time that I actually remember. Because yeah, you could be like, oh, 90s trends are coming back. But I was at maximum five in the 90s. No, not four at maximum in 1999. So I don't really remember peak fashion. I do remember peak fashion in 2005 when I was 10 and old enough to dress like that. And now I'm seeing pastel shrugs and square toed heels coming back. And I'm like, oh no, here it is. It's finally coming. I'm officially old enough to be like, oh, these trends were huge when I was a kid. I'm ancient. I'm so. Yeah, you're dusty. CJ, if the double tank top comes back, I don't know you what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. 
I'm gonna have mm-hmm. to. At least I'll get a fucking discount. I'll put you in a nice Holy home. Shit. Thank you. Please, please put me in. Are a Are you nice more of a rice pudding or, or tapioca? Oh, okay. rice pudding, hundred percent. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, attending to my needs. Of um. Okay, so uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a thirty-five percent. Um. I have to say, though, a lot of the reviews were, a lot of the negative reviews, some of them had very valid points, but a lot of them were like, oh, it's just nothing but teen girl schlock. And I'm like, okay, well, that's made for teens, the teen girls. That doesn't mean that it's, you know, that doesn't, it's not the only reason why yeah, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. It's schlock like, for just, you know, other reasons. It's it's, it's schlock for being yeah. schlock. They're like, oh, it's just teen girl, teeny bopper nonsense. Like, I hate that. Just because it's made for teenagers or, like, teen girls doesn't mean that, like, it's dumb. And also, there was one review for somebody from the New York Times that was like, ugh, it's nothing but a PC police version of Snow White. And I was like, okay. What? Somebody was, somebody was really upset about it, yeah. <laughs> somebody from the New, some lady from the New York Times was very upset about how woke Sydney White was, I suppose, in the year of 2007. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's got a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 70% audience score, so, you know. Um, the budget was $16.5 million, but it only made 13.6. A flop. So it was a flop. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director was Joe Nussbaum. He makes he mostly makes like teenager centric films, uh, or teenage demographic films. Uh, two thousand seven con- connections. We got Amanda Bynes and Hairspray. We've got uh, uh, it's not really a comedy, but I think it's funny. The movie Ghost Rider. Uh, Pete Buttigieg is <gasps> in that. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Um, Kirsten Copel is the goth from Bring It On. Uh, Joe, like I said, Joe Beth Locklear, who was the flirty girl at the end, was a flamingo in Bring It On. Adam Vernier, uh, who was Vance in Bring It On, was like a random football fan. Um, and so, uh, CJ, do you know anything about Star Wars? Yeah, I've I've heard of the clone. Do you know of the Clone Wars specifically? Uh, like, do you know who Ahsoka Tano no. is? Okay. Well, she's like a huge player in the Clone Wars, and now they're like, I think she's getting her own show, and she was in The Mandalorian, um, played by Rosario Dawson. But her voice actress, Ashley Eckstein, is in this fucking movie, Ooh. dude! Uh, she's just a random sorority girl. She doesn't even have any lines. I got thrilled. I like... I was watching the movie and I was like, holy shit, I think that's Ashley Eckstein. And then I paused it and sent a picture to my boyfriend because he's watched more of the Clone Wars than I have. I just have always liked Ahsoka even before I watched the show. She just gave me good vibes. Um, so I was like, is this actually Eckstein? And he was like, it should be unless she has a twin, which she does not. And I'm like, yes. And then I looked it up and it was, she just went under a different name back in the day. So she's in this movie. I love her. She also designs clothes. She's a clothing designer. And I once walked past her at Comic-Con two years ago and didn't even realize it was her until after I walked past and I was like, shit, (laughs) I can't run back now. It's going to be weird. So I didn't say anything. I was so upset, but I was so excited to see her. Um, She is in another 2000 movie called Alice Upside Down. 
which it has um, Lucas Graviel and also what's Allison Stoner. So that'll all be right. fun. Um, yeah, it's really all I have. It was filmed uh, in different Orlando schools, but mainly University of Central Florida. Um, I toured that stu- that school once uh, when I was looking at you college. You could have been in in the building, the room where it happened. I could have. I could have been in the room where and it this happened. Is, this they is actually, the universe where your acapella of, career takes off. A lot of the extras actually were UCF Fan. students that just were like on Fantastic. campus. Yeah. Also, I think, okay, did did Rachel, Reese Witherspoon to you, when she was being mean to Dinky about her giant hair, did she say this don't your hair's too big this isn't texas or this isn't the i think she South. said texas that's why i thought she was from texas okay okay because i thought she said the south and i'm like this is called south atlantic university where where are and it's very obviously florida to the point where like amanda vines was living in sydney white lived in winter park and she went to a winter park florida bus stop to go to college so I was a little confused. Thank you I for clarifying you. that. Oh, the only other thing is that uh, there was a girl named Bunchy. And <laughs> it took me aback. I don't know who this is at all. She, they were introducing the girls at the, the dance, whatever, the sorority dance. And they're like, here's Dinky so-and-so. And I'm like, weird uh. name. And they're like, here's Bunchy so-and-so. I was like, you're telling me that in the sorority you're rushing two girls named Dinky and Bunchy? That's a good name, though. Bunchy? Like Bunchy. damn, what that's was that good short for? Bunchella, bunch, <laughs> bunchabith, bunchabith, bun, bun, bunch. I think Bunchy's a good name. Buncherella. I, I vibe with it. Bunchy, you can call you Bunchy if you want instead of CJ. No, could, should I should I call you Sunchy? Excuse me, or perhaps Junchy? Say that to my face one more time. I dare you. you just signed your death certificate i'm gonna send so many acapellas your way you mark my words you mother fucker i don't oh they're gonna be coming one by one Junchi sounds like an anime character i don't know I don't know. I don't know anything about anime. Actually, the guy who plays George does a lot of voiceover for anime, and he does some character in JoJo's Bizarre oh. Adventure, which is yet another thing that I am learning against my will about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Wonderful to hear. I I can't. Do we? I can't. I'm thinking about. Occupy. Do we have anything else before I go finalize my credit card information on this website? On what? Peoplepunisher.com? Uh, no, acapellaforhire.com. <laughs> oh, God, please. <gasps> oh, my God. I'm getting upset again. I'm getting Do you want to select, like, what style you want? Oh, my God. What styles oh, are there? You name it. What do you Do you want mean? country acapella? I think you want country. <laughs> Get a little twang in your... <laughs> I think we can oh pick God, and choose, got... like, our own, like, carton of eggs. So I'm going to get, like, four country... <laughs> Acapella people, I'm gonna get a beatboxer because you definitely need the beatboxer. No, no, no. Uh, does it, it? Are they all gonna be singing at the same time? I mean, yeah, they're time? gonna work together on the same song. I can pick this playlist too. 
I think she'll be coming around the mountain. <gasps> it's definitely going to be the opener. I know. And then we oh got to get God. one of those like classic Valentine's acapellas. So it was like L is for the way you look at me. You know that song? Oh my God. Of course. I think is. they're going to do that. And and finally, I think to round out the playlist, the whole you know ensemble of music, the third song has to be uh, Kanye West's Gold Digger. <laughs> they have it available. It's listed there. Oh my god! Oh my god! I think I think I'm putting together an amazing performance. Like I'm I'm going to be a producer now. Like once these people come together, these four country acapellers and this one beatboxer, and they give this performance to you, you're going to realize the joy and love that acapella could bring to the people. And then once I get them on like a Twitch stream or something, they're going to pop off, and we're going to get them on TikTok. We're going to make them big. And listen, I'm going to be my I'm going to be the next Gustavo from Big Time Rush. <laughs> Mark my words, Alexa. You're a part of the plan, whether you like it or not. I feel physically. You're gonna be the Ill. number one fan. You're gonna stand no. by my acapella group. No, no, no. Wait, do they even do these performances during COVID? Do they have? They stand they have six to feet stand apart, six feet and yeah, there is some like me? sound dis- dissonance with it. <laughs> also, I'm only selecting people <laughs> they have that to are do vaccinated. Do it behind a closed door, just to make sure. Yeah, okay, they have cool, a little drop cool. down there to make sure they have their vaccinated. Okay, cool. I'm vaccinated too, so I guess we could hang mm-hmm. afterwards. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're cool enough to hang with acapella people, though. Oh, I don't think I am. I don't think I am. I don't think we vibe. I don't think we jive. Oh well, my God. listeners, oh my I think God. that's where we're going to end it. And I ask a question to you, <sighs> everyone that are listening. What should the name of my my acapella group be that I'm putting together? <laughs> Four country pillars, a beatboxer, singing. She'll be coming around the mountain. L is for the way you look at me. And Kanye West's Gold Digger. The Honky Pellas. I don't like the word honky. I don't think I don't think it's gonna oh. jive with them. I'll talk okay. to them and see, but ultimately it's the gonna con- be their decision. I don't. I don't want this. I don't want that to happen. Actually, thank you, but I'm really, I'm really picturing like this isn't a scenario where like, you know, we can hang out in person once again, and we're like hanging out, and I get a knock at my door, and these three country men it's and a four, beatboxer it's four, just start it's four singing. Acapellers and a beatboxer. Acapellers, acapellers, if you would say in the. Uh, that might be terms. their name. Wow, that's pretty good. Acapellers. Oh, and then a beatboxer, and then like you're there, and I just see you have like the biggest grin. Oh, on it's your gonna face be the hugest shit eating grin. As you, as you enjoy, and you're gonna specifically know when I'm like alone, and like Kira's my roommate's not there, my roommate's boyfriend isn't there, my boyfriend's not there, no one's there to protect me. It's a hostage <laughs> situation between me and these. Capella men, where and and the worst part, CJ, is that I am too polite to do oh. anything about it. So I'm just gonna have to sit there and take it. I have to sit there and take it while these acapella men. You know what's gonna me. be at first though? We're not just gonna like knock on your door and you can open it because that's too you know that's mainstream. Been there, done that. We're going back old school, right? 
where I'm gonna I'm gonna stand outside your apartment and I'm gonna throw pebbles at oh, your your window. No. <laughs> and, and I'm gonna I just live... like that one movie where the man holds the beat the, the the stereo above his head, I'm gonna hold all four members of this group above my head <laughs> as they sing together. <laughs> This is going to be, I mean, it's going to be weirdly romantic because I have a balcony and I'm going to be sitting outside my balcony like Juliet as the four, as the acafellas. You think this is going to have any romance as they say she'll be coming around the mountain and gold digger? (laughs) You put Ellen is for the way you want to Well, yeah, because you have to have a ballad in three songs. Oh my God. I can't. I feel my, I my. My soul is crawling. This into screams itself. Netflix original series, the the making of the Acafellas. The Acafellas as they go on their first Acafellas or Acafellers? Because I feel like isn't the Acafellas the name of the guys in Pitch Perfect? I, I have, or am I making I could that not up? Tell you, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you either. <laughs> I watched the first one and I was like, oh god, they're acapella singing, and also I was like, they truly don't have the courage. To make Anna Kendrick and Britney Snow gay. And then the movies kept happening. And they just kept making the weird sexual tension between Anna Kendrick and Britney Snow more palpable. And then it was like a joke to, yeah, to them. You're they right. were like, we're going to joke you're about this. Right. And I didn't appreciate that. So not only were they like, LOL, you'd think that these two lovely ladies who are in love will get together. But they don't. And also, you're going to have to sit through acapella oh, music. Alexa. It looks like on this website, there is another drop-down. I can have all the men be gay. <laughs> I can have. I can choose only gay country men to come. They have to be in love, though. I mean, I can't... I, I don't I see want a drop-down there. I want them to be in love. There, so, maybe, like, I mean, oh, they're, they're, okay. you know, they're going to be meeting for the first time for this performance. So, you know, with time oh. and effort, maybe, maybe they're going to be some flings. I mean, there's, there's a oh lot of lonely God. nights on the tour bus, so... <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm physically upset. You know who isn't? You know who isn't a terrifying acapella singer? Gina Royale. Gina! Hey, Gina. <laughs> hey, Gina. Please never sing acapella at me. Please. Thank you for, for your song, letting us use your theme song. Yellow! <laughs> off of 20, 20 something off of yellow. Thank you. <laughs> Listen to her new single, Low. It's very good. And now I'm terrified that you're going to rope Gina into this. She's my friend. I plead the fifth. She's our friend, CJ. I plead the fifth. I, I, I'm not going to say oh anything God. else. I don't want to. Sh- I don't want to show my gonna... whole hand. You know. You're already telling me your drop down menu. <laughs> <laughs> they do come with fireworks, which I am excited for. <laughs> They each have like their I'm own kit of fireworks. I actually think I would. I think that would make yeah. it a little better. I think actually, mm-hmm. actually, because I really like. I really. Oh, like I mean, who fireworks. doesn't? They bring it, me it great helps, joy. So it I helps feel like cut could... the edge of being acapella. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like it really cuts the edge of the acapella. Fireworks are the proverbial uh, salt on your on your hand in the acapella's yes. tequila shot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Could you imagine? The, they they got all wear cowboy. Except hats. for the beatboxer. The beatboxer does his own thing. No, he's like the bad boy of the oh, group. Wait, he does his own thing. But uh, but he, he learns to <laughs> like accept, and you know, he eventually gets some cowboy boots to to be a part of the look. 
see it. Follow it. Please follow us on our socials at Every2007 Comedy um, on Instagram and Twitter and rate and review us on um, uh, Apple Music. I always want to say iTunes. iTunes doesn't really exist anymore. On uh, Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify and uh, send us a message. Um, send us a message telling telling us why this is such a bad idea and why. I'm already picturing my head that I commissioned this group of men to do a rendition acapella version of Twenty Something with our 2007 <laughs> variant on it, and like I'm smiling <laughs> ear to ear. <laughs> that you could probably get on Fiverr. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, everybody, uh, tell a friend, because with the amount of money I'm going to spend to get five men to come to Alexa's door to sing to her without <laughs> any music, I'm going I'm to need some financial compensation. This is a real, this is a, this is a real Ouroboros ro- because, or a real Catch-22, I don't know the terminology. It's because I really want our podcast to be successful, but I really don't want a bunch of acapella <laughs> men to come. We only spend any money we make from this podcast on acapella men. <laughs> on acapella men. It's like our GoFundMe, but just for acapella men to come and torture me for, for ten oh minutes. Oh my goodness. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you here. We'll see you back in 2007. Back in 2007. This was a good movie, and you, you, I love this movie, and you soiled it for me. You're welcome. Oh seven.